Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, the theme verse for uh, the VBS. So John chapter 8, we're going to be reading from verses 12 through 19. John chapter 8, verses 12 through 19. Let us uh, come to God in prayer before we read from his word. God, your love, you are gracious. You give us your word that tells us the story of your love through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that because of your love, even with the wrong that we do, you forgive us for all our sins. We thank you for your mercy and for your grace. We thank you that you are the light of the world and only through this light, who is Jesus, we can be saved. So thank you for Jesus and that you call us to be lights in this dark world. And as we read from your word, may we understand more and more what our role is in this world and how we can respond in following you each and every day. And we only pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. So John 8, 12 through 19. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. And Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true. Because I'm not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself, and my other witness is the Father who sent me. And then they asked him, Well, where's your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. So this week, as been mentioned, as you've been hearing, is uh, the theme, learning about light, how Jesus is the light. Good. <laughs> Light's important. Light can be used for several things, and it's necessary in this world. In Genesis 1, we have the creation story, and I trust that many of you know the creation story where it says that darkness was over the surface of the deep, and then the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and God said, let there be light. God's first creation was light. Genesis 1, verse 3. Now from there, God continued creating his world. Creation was not created in the darkness. God chose light to be life. The world needs the light in order to live. Light is what plants need to live. Light is what we need to live and to see. Now we often see the sun in the sky as the light of the world. And yet the sun was created on the fourth day. There was light already on the first day. In the beginning, God created a perfect world and created perfect human beings. There was a perfect relationship between God and creation, between God and his people, and between people and creation. And when you continue reading in the book of Genesis, we're reminded of how God created the world and humanity for his glory. He saw that everything in the world was good, and then he created humanity, and he said it was very good. But then something happened. 
We heard part of this story this morning already through, through the video and through the music. Adam and Eve disobeyed God. They ate from the tree that they were forbidden to eat from. They realized then what they had done. They were busted. God called for them, offering Adam and Eve the opportunity to confess what they had done. And then they thought, no, they're going to hide. They're going to hide such a thing from God. And when they were found, they thought they could even put the blame on somebody else. The result was that sin entered into the world. A different form of darkness. And we refer to this as the great fall of humanity. And now we live in a fallen world. God punished the serpent. God punished Adam and Eve. God even punished the creation in the ground. Yes, sin results in consequences. And punishment is a real thing. And since this fall of humanity, there has been brokenness. There have been struggles. There is sin in our lives. We are, none of us are without sin. Darkness entered into the world. So then that, does that mean that darkness overcame the light? No, because God sent a cure into this world. Genesis 3 verse 15 is a promise from God that Satan will be crushed, that a savior of the world will be sent. God made a promise and throughout the Old Testament we get reminders, we get glimpses of how God's promises are kept and his light shines brightly. Because as we move through the Old Testament scriptures, there are several references to light. Exodus 10, 21 to 23. The Israelites, they're, they're in slavery in Egypt. And God sends plagues upon the Egyptians. And there's this plague of darkness. And it was totally dark. But the Israelites had light in their places. That glimpse of God. And then in Exodus 13, 21, the Israelites had been freed from slavery. They were traveling in the wilderness. God guided them at night in the dark with this pillar of light. In 2 Samuel twenty two twenty nine, the Israelites, they, they fight against the Philistines. And King David sings a song of praise to God. And he says, you, Lord, are my lamp. The Lord turns my darkness into light. And then the people were taught to sing. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Psalm 27, verse 1. And Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. And then we get to the New Testament passage this morning. Our theme from the VBS week, from John 8, verse 12, where Jesus says to his people, I'm the light of the world. Jesus is the light. Follow him. Remember that life is light. And as Jesus being the light, he is life. And when we believe that Jesus is the light of the world, we have to ask ourselves, so what impact does that have on each of us today? This week we've been focusing on the theme of light. And uh, in the days of ancient Israel, they had oil lamps. And when the ancient people talked about light and dark, when they talked about it, there was a real contrast. When evening came, it was dark. And if the moon wasn't full or if it was a cloudy night, it was pitch dark. There were no public lights after dark, dusk. 
People did have lamps and candles, but these things would not light up the evening sky. And we don't have so much of that anymore. Today we have street lights and car lots and baseball diamonds and soccer fields that are lighting up the skies and cities. And many of the places that we live, we we have what we call light pollution. It's rarely pitch dark unless you are perhaps camping way up north somewhere. Fourteen years ago uh, tomorrow, August 14, 2003, perhaps some of you recall that it was a northeastern blackout. The VBS children, of course, were not yet born, but there were 50 million people lost with power, who lost power in Ontario and northeastern U.S. from two to seven days. People in downtown Toronto could see the Milky Way, some for the very first time. And it's not until something like this occurs do we get a full extent of darkness. You see, the Israelites often had a better understanding of darkness than we do. You couldn't see a thing in darkness. There's potential danger in darkness. John 8, verse 12 says that, Jesus says that he is the light of the world and in him there will be no darkness. None. Now this was a big statement. It was a big claim to make. And so what happens next is that immediately following that statement in verse 13, the Pharisees challenged Jesus and they called him out. They did not believe his statement. And the reason for that was that because at that time in history, Jewish law required more than one witness to validate any testimony. If I were to make a statement about something, there would have to be somebody else who could back that statement up. In all cases, there would have to be a witness or somebody else to support a statement, for it to be valid, for it to be considered the truth. So when Jesus said that, I'm the light of the world, according to Jewish law, Jesus cannot be his own witness. He could say it all he wants, but he can't be his own witness. So the Pharisees, what they did, they they wouldn't have considered this statement to be valid unless somebody else could back Jesus up. But the world in which the Pharisees were from, did not allow for that. They wanted proof. They didn't just allow Jesus' statement to be true. They challenged Jesus. They denied his statement. And Jesus intentionally shook things up. And he said, this statement is valid. And Jesus said, I can be my own witness. But if you need a witness, I have a witness who is my Father in heaven. And my Father in heaven will back me up. In this world, we will often have challenge. There will be hostility. There is sin. We live in a broken world. We're made aware of that in this passage. We're Pharisees. They want to only dispute what Jesus is saying. And we see that many ways today. We need to be aware that we do live in a sinful and a dark world. But hostility and challenge is not the main theme of this passage. The main theme is that Jesus is the light. The light of Jesus shines in this dark world. And that brings hope into any circumstance. Jesus being the light of the world doesn't mean that Jesus walked around like a a glow stick with a glow uh, around him. Jesus was God and he was also human. Just like you and me except without sin. 
Jesus is the light is a statement of his glory. And his glory can best be defined as who Jesus is and what Jesus came to do. And this week we touched upon two of these things. Who Jesus is. Jesus is the light of the world and he revealed his Father in heaven. And his Father's love for Jesus and for his people. His Father in heaven sent his Son to this earth. And Jesus maintains that if you know me, you also know my Father. This is how close and strong a relationship the Father and the Son have. This enforces how close a love relationship Jesus has with his Father in heaven. And you've got to now understand, if this relationship is so close, and yet the Father still sent his Son to this earth to die on the cross, how much God must love you and me. John 3.16, For God so loved the world, God the Father so loved the world, that he gave his, sent his one and only Son to this world, so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Without knowledge of God and what He has done, it's not possible to recognize a Son and what He has done. So friends, we need to know God. We need to know Jesus. Know that Jesus has a relationship with His Father, but more importantly, that He has a relationship with you. And despite our circumstances, despite our sins, Christ's light never ceases to shine in his people. This week, Steve did an illustration with the kids, and he's going to share that illustration with us this morning about God's light shining in us. So one of the illustrations I did for the kids was that we have really good days in which it's really easy to see God's love. Uh, for me, an example, a recent example, on Tuesday I went to Canada's Wonderland, and on Wednesday I went to see a Blue Jays game in a box seat. It's a good week. I, <laughs> it was really easy to see God's love uh, for me in the past couple of days. And so if I shine, if the, this is here is a laser pointer, could I have the lights down in the front half of the church, including the, the pot lights up here? Um, so here, this is, you can see there's a laser pointer. You can see the dot up on the ceiling. And if I shine this laser pointer through the water, you can see God's love is very easy to see on the really good days. But there are some days that we have in which uh, things go wrong. Um, you know, uh, it's just a day where um, we're just feeling grumpy or people are grumpy towards us. Uh, maybe our, our friends or co-workers or clients. Um, just everything seems to, to go sideways. Um, and even still, within that, God's love still shines. Now, sometimes it may be harder to see. I don't know if you can all see that. But God's love still shines those days. But then we also have days in which It's more than just a bad day. Um, and for me, uh, days in which uh, you know, I, I find myself unemployed, 
found out that my dad had a, a severe illness and, and that eventually he, he passed away from it. Um, we have things happen in our families, parents fight, sometimes they separate. Friends move away. Sometimes people that we love die. And it can be really hard to see God's love in those, those times. But that doesn't mean that His love isn't there. And we, sometimes we have to look a little bit harder for it. And it's not that His love went anywhere. It's still there. It's still there. But things... Oh, I'm the, the side of the the, um, that God's love is the same no matter what happens in your lives. It's like a fog sometimes that separates when you're living near a mountain range. Sometimes a fog will come in and it'll cover the mountains. We can't see it. Doesn't mean the mountains have moved. The mountains are still there. And the same across it. no matter what circumstances enter into our lives. The second thing that we touched upon was that Jesus, what Jesus came to do. Jesus came out of his love. Jesus came to this earth to die and to live again. And this was a theme for the second day. As we said, that God's love is so amazing that he sent his one and only son to the cross. Remember in the beginning of the sermon, and the beginning of the scripture, we talk, talked about the story of Genesis. We talked about consequences of sin and punishment for sin. Sin brought punishment. And we all are sinners. And so that means, how do we get punished for our sins? Well, we can't possibly, our sins are so great, we can't possibly pay for our own sins. We can't possibly take on the punishment. But somebody has. Jesus Christ has taken all those sins upon him. He died for us on the cross. So all our sins have been punished by his death. Have been taken upon him by his death on the cross. Jesus took our punishment for him. On him rather. And you got to think. Wow, what amazing love, what amazing grace. When we fall short in this life, and we make mistakes, and we sin, Jesus has taken all those sins upon him. Praise Jesus. And God could have left a story at that, at the cross. That's a powerful story. But there's more to this story. Because Jesus didn't stay on the cross. He went into the tomb. He died. But the third day he rose. And he is alive. Because Jesus has risen from the dead. And risen from the dead means that he has, con has control over death. Jesus has conquered death. So when we die on this earth, because Jesus has conquered death, and if you believe in Jesus and you know Jesus, we one day will come back to life as well. This passage states that through Jesus, we have the light of life. And this passage gives us hope. It gives us comfort. It gives us assurance to have faith in Jesus Christ who took all our sins and who rose from the dead. 
So all our sins have been cleared because of Jesus' death, and we have the hope of living forever because of his resurrection. Jesus is the light. Follow him. This week in one of the songs, we were singing how we are forgiven, and the sign for forgiveness is going like this over our hand, wiping our hand clean, meaning Jesus has wiped all our sins clean. They're all on him, every single one of them. He's the light of the world, and he reveals his light and his glory to each of us. And as we learned as well, he wants us to be lights. And we're called to represent Jesus wherever we go. We're called to follow Jesus, to shine his light to others. And you know what? We can be like the Pharisees, and we can live our lives challenging Jesus, always wanting proof, living by the law. Or we can live our life like Jesus, shining his light in our life, revealing his glory. Yes, he is the light, but he calls us to be lights. Matthew 5, 14 to 16, we read, You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others. Our mission statement for our church is up there. It's, it's, it says that our mission statement is, We are training to become a clear reflection of God's glory, his light, within ourselves, towards others, and in our community. This week we received bracelets and you hold these bracelets up to the light and then they will glow in the dark. A reminder to each of us how Jesus is shining his light into us and we will glow, we will shine light into a dark world. So boys and girls, when Jesus is the light of our life, this will be reflected in how you treat others, how you treat your brothers and sisters, how you treat your parents. And as we get older... We get to go to school. We have opportunities to reflect the light of Jesus in our studies. And as we, as we become young adults and selecting employment, where is Jesus calling us to shine our light in our vocations? We have opportunities to reflect Jesus Christ through our relationships, with the friends that we hang out with, with eventual partners for life. In our business dealings, are we fair? Are we just? Do we live with integrity? Shining his light is following Jesus and living our lives like Jesus. If Jesus were living our life today. So do we live out the life of Jesus? The light of Jesus? Do we put our trust in the light of the world? Have faith and believe in Jesus. And live out that faith. Whatever the circumstance. Wherever we go. May Jesus, the light of the world, shine in your life. May you experience his amazing love. May you experience his forgiveness of all your sins. And may your life continue to shine his light. And together we say, Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious Lord, we praise your name for being the light of the world. We praise your name for your glory, for your love, for all that you have done for us. We praise your name today in church and we praise your name throughout the week. We ask for strength throughout your Holy Spirit to assist us in our words and in our deeds throughout this week. And may we remain disciples who reflect the love of a Heavenly Father and the love and the light of your Son, Jesus Christ. May others see the things we do and may our lives reflect Jesus and light up the world around us. May we all come to praise your holy name. And it's only in Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.